0: Hi, I'm Geeta Nandikotkur, Managing Editor Asia and Middle East with Information Security Media Group. I have with me Bruce Nair, Chief Technology Officer and Security Technologist, Resilient Systems and IBM Company. Bruce says, the combination of mobile cloud computing, the IoT, persistent computing and autonomy are resulting in a world-sized web with great benefits, but at the same time is vulnerable to a host of new threats. He discusses the importance of securing these systems and technologies, taking cognizance of the local laws, regulations and economic trends and social norms. Schneider throws light on some of the issues bothering these practitioners from this region and offers insights on how to tackle them. Welcome and thanks for joining. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, What is keeping you busy these days? What are the new
1: innovations that you have been working on? Now I'm thinking a lot about security in a world where computers can do things. We've been doing security for a long time and it's largely about privacy. It's largely about bits. And what's changing is we're seeing more things on the internet, whether they're cars or thermostats or refrigerators. It's computers that can do stuff, that can change our environment, that can possibly kill us. So the security we're used to is going to become a whole lot more important. I'm trying to think about the ramifications of that because if you know security, You know, we only do okay, right? There's a lot of vulnerabilities and attacks and damage, and that's been fine as long as it's been spreadsheets and email and even money. But when it's things like cars, I think that's going to change. And that's really what I've been thinking about.
0: You've been also talking about uh, building a world-sized robo and through a combination of mobile cloud, what does it mean?
1: So this is the kind of word I'm trying to come up with for what it is we're doing. And if you think about it, we're building an internet that can do stuff. As I said, that makes decisions and also has sensors. So all those things are sensing our environment, whether they be thermostats or street lights or you know just anything. They're sensing. So if you think about it, this internet now senses, it thinks, and it acts. And that's a textbook definition of a robot. So when I say world-sized web, I'm trying to evoke this world size robot that we're building really without even realizing we're doing it you know i don't know how great the metaphor is it's not the best term but i need something to to point to this this robot which is not a traditional robot right? it doesn't have it's not like data on star trek it, it, it doesn't have a, a body where the brain sits inside it's kind of our entire environment and that's really not what we think of when we think of robots which is why i think it's worth really teasing this out
0: So, do you think uh, the enterprises in Asia, Pacific, and this region are able to resonate with this kind of innovation, or is it too futuristic? You
1: know, I I think we're all stumbling towards it. You know, our cars are 20 to 40 CPU network. You know, we are installing internet thermostats. We're putting more things on the web. Uh, smart cities are, are happening less in the United States and more in Asia and, and the Middle East. So everywhere we're resonating with this, you know, the question is whether we realize it, how much we take it seriously, but it is happening. And I think that's what's interesting. It's happening really without our knowledge. It's really the way technology is moving and we're just noticing it as it's happening.
0: But then where do you see See the role of information security officers or the CISOs, we call them, in particular in this entire
1: worldwide world-sized web. CISOs, like everybody else, will be, in a sense, blindsided by this. I mean, and if you remember, way back years ago, computers started appearing in offices, and nobody knew what to do about it. It's going to be the same thing about the things. They're going to appear, and it's going to be the refrigerator in the company is suddenly on the internet. These things will just happen, and we just need to sort of get ahead of it and figure out what to do about it, but I think it's just going to happen. So, what kind of new vulnerabilities do you expect, or they can anticipate because of on these? See, I don't think it's new vulnerabilities. I think it's old vulnerabilities with new capabilities, right? The vulnerabilities are going to be the same. It's, a, it's all of what we know. It's all the, the flaws and the ways hackers get in and the ways criminals get in, the things they do. But the difference is because these things can affect the real world, they can do more, right? It's a door lock. They can lock you out of your office. It's a car. Now, we've already seen ransomware, ransomware against cars, right? So it's the same attacks, but it's a new and Environment so they have new ramifications.
0: This region, particularly APAC, every enterprise is under the threat of ransomware
1: and there are a lot of hacking incidents. So, where do you see this going? I mean, the Defense against ransomware is easy. Just have good backups. We know that. And it's not just this region. In the United States, everyone's at risk of ransomware. We've seen hospitals pay up. We've seen governments pay up, companies. It's a big deal when someone hijacks your data and, and doesn't let you at it. I mean, <laughs> this is it's a nasty attack. And, I, and there are some technologies that are trying to deflect this, but really it's having a good backup. But this is an example of a kind of a simple attack that's very profitable because people don't have great security practices. So when you say
0: security practices, so any kind, can you elaborate on that? What are the things that it's missing? Backup. And beyond this, what needs to be done? See, they have all the controls as well. Now, beyond that, the data is compromised.
1: And, and that's because the, the controls are not in place. I mean, if it's ransomware, the solution is backup. That That is your final defense. If you have a backup, you don't care that someone encrypted the primary copy. You know, this isn't always easy to do, but, but it's important. I, I think we generally do pretty well in security. I don't have a list of things that people aren't doing and should. You know, we all know we should do, and we do our best, and maybe we have budget constraints, but, but we're managing. and, and this is how we muddle through, and this has been computer security the past couple of decades. We kind of do our best, and we make mistakes, and we get better. You know, my worry is that's not going to work when there are physical objects that can be harmed.
0: So there has also been a strong encryption debate in the industry that's going on, right? Where the companies should be allowed to provide strong encryption to their customers. What's your take on this?
1: Well, we did this in the 1990s, and there's actually no debate in the industry. Uh, the debate is in some governments who don't like strong encryption. The answer has never changed, that strong encryption is essential to society and security, and not having it is stupid. And if the governments are, are going to be lazy, then we get bad government. And, and and we need to live in a world with strong encryption because it's so vital. And this, this, this debate only happens when people don't understand the technology. Among technologists, there really is no debate.
0: So coming to your sessions, you've been speaking on data and surveillance and also the world sized web. So what's your message essentially? What do you want the
1: practitioners to really take away? Really, my goal is just to help people understand the context in which they're operating. I mean, a lot of us in security are focused on our networks, our organizations, but really where we're living in a larger world where things affect us and whether it's surveillance or the internet of things this stuff is coming. And the more we can step back and sort of look at the world, I think the better we'll do in our jobs. That's my hope to do that in both my sessions.
0: So, in your innovations, when you work on security, what are the key aspects that you think? Is it region-centric challenges or is it global security? How do you work on
1: You know, to me, everything is global. I mean, there are regional differences, but they matter less. Right? We're all using Microsoft Windows. We're all using Cisco routers and TCPIP and Firefox and Chrome, we're all using the same you know, the people who are exhibiting here at RSA here in Singapore are the same companies that exhibit at RSA in the United States. There are a few of them here, but it's the same stuff. So I don't see a lot of differences. Differences are often in budget and and sophistication, but even that's changing. You know, you go to any country and it's CISOs are grappling with the same issues and the same problems.
0: So what is frustrating you? What what causes the frustration that what CISOs are not able to get to the crux?
1: I don't feel terribly frustrated. And except with government and trying to uh, to block strong cryptography, I think that, that was a battle we won in the 1990s and I'm amazed to see it again now. And I really think we just need to start thinking ahead as to what's going to happen next because the changes are happening fast and I think our ability to react is going to shrink. So the more we can get ahead of technology, the better we'll do.
0: So getting ahead of cyber criminals and can you offer four to five practical suggestions to the practitioners on what the priority should be?
1: See, forward? I can't. Uh, and that's the thing. This is not, a, this is not where we have a checklist that your listeners don't know and I'm going to magically tell them and suddenly it's better. This stuff's actually hard. I'm sure your listeners are doing largely the, largely the right things and my checklist isn't magically different. Now it really is what's coming and, and we have to think about how to deal with that less from a practitioner by this thing more from a policy perspective. What should the laws be? What should the regulations be? What should the norms be? You know, I look to government now to deal with some of the incentives that will help build the environment that allow us to be secure.
0: So anything that good practice that comes to your mind, which can be really emulated in this region? Pay attention. That's
1: all? That's not all. That's a good first step.
0: (laughs) Pay attention to what? Everything.
1: Everything. I mean, you have to pay attention to everything. You know, The the world's moving fast. Things are changing. And you have to uh, sort of know what's going on. You have to stay alert and read and understand the environment and what's happening, what's coming.
0: Thank you very much, Bruce. Thank you. You have been listening to Bruce Nair on how practitioners should tackle next generation threats and vulnerabilities. This is Geeta Nandikotko from ISMG.